Hello, and welcome to another episode of the OK Guard Show. I'm Staff Sergeant Brian Schroeder. And I'm Leanna Machino, and we want to welcome you to the second episode of the OK Guard Show. Today's episode is on tornado safety. So seasons change. We're back to spring. Here in Oklahoma, we are no stranger to tornadoes. On May 20th, 2013, an EF-5 tornado with 210 mile per hour winds ripped through Moore, Oklahoma, killing 24 and injuring more than 200 people, causing an estimated $2 billion in damage. The tornado went from one mile wide to 2.6 miles wide in 30 seconds. To give our listeners a scale, the widest point of Manhattan in New York City is 2.3 miles. Tornadoes have been observed on every continent with the exception of Antarctica, with the majority of them occurring in the United States, where there is an average of 1,200 per year. In Oklahoma, 62% of tornadoes happened between April and May, with an average of 21 in April and 23 happening in May, and all between the hours of 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. Today on the show, we have three special guests who bring a wealth of knowledge that help us through this tornado season. Uh, yeah, we had an in-depth and uh, informative discussion about all things tornado, including safety, preparedness, and what to do if you're an Oklahoma National Guard soldier or airman when disaster does strike. So we hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for tuning in. Introduce yourself and what your position is. Okay, I'm Christopher Bruce. I'm a storm tracker for Fox 25. Um, Fox 25 sends out storm trackers to be in the field uh, to look at the what, when weather's going on. There's a lot of things that say radar doesn't tell us, so we got to have a, a nice uh, ground view of what's going on. And so Fox 25 uses uh, storm trackers to do that, and we send back video and things to, to show the public that this is this is exactly what's going on on the ground. Cool. And how how long have you been involved, not necessarily with Fox 25, but weather in general? All my life. Um, really been I mean I've been storm tracking since I was 16 uh, so as soon as I got a license I was out you know mom really loved that so uh, <laughs> but I mean it's it's been an all my life thing um, since about five or six years old so always been a weather enthusiast cool okay and so Tech Sergeant Daniel Martinez same thing um, what your uh, rank first name last name and your position okay I'm Tech Sergeant Daniel Martinez uh, I'm a weather technician at a uh, Will Rogers Air National Guard base. Uh, pretty much uh, there is a weather technician. We do our main mission support is for the MC-12s, so we do a lot of pilot support. Uh, they come to me to see, you know, if they can do a certain uh, mission, if they can be able to fly. Uh, sometimes they change up their mission uh, depending on how the weather's going to be that day. So I'm basically the, the answer for them to give, provide them the weather data and they can kind of weigh the options based on the risk and everything, mm -hmm. whether it's going to be training or, uh, here it's a lot of training. When we're deployed, it's a lot more real world, so the, the risk kind of changes on what they do. Uh, so I do that, but I also provide data to commanders. Um, we send a five-day out to leadership on the base and even comes out here at JFHQ where they can kind of just weigh whether they can, uh, you know, maybe p have people on the road that day for winter weather and stuff like that. So that's the that's the main thing I'm uh, providing, just basically weather data so that they can weigh the options. We don't we don't make the decisions that's up for the leadership. You just provide the data so that they can. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that we, we make those decisions like, hey, you know, 
change this for today. Like I can't, you know, I just, I don't make those decisions. I don't have the authority. Okay. I just. So you don't, you don't have the power. So if I were to text you and say, Hey, I'd really like to get off work early today. Yeah, can right. you make that call? I can't, that's not okay. Who yeah, do, so let me know who I talked to you about yeah. that. So no, I'm just kidding. So Mr. Joe Stover, um, same thing, just introduce yourself. Um, what it is that you, you do for the safety office. Well, I'm uh, command sergeant major Joe Stover retired. I'm currently the, uh, safety manager for the Oklahoma Military Department. I conduct training, safety inspections, and just ensure that all state employees that work for the military department have a safe and healthy work environment. Okay, perfect. All right. Oklahoma is officially in torna tornado season. So what time frame does that season actually occur? Uh, tornadoes can happen or, or severe weather can happen anytime in Oklahoma. The peak season is usually April, May, June. Uh, with May being kind of the hot spot. We do have a fall season that kind of has a little spike to it, but severe weather can occur at any time. So um, you said the ingredients for that uh, in the springtime are a little bit better. There's a lot of ingredients that have to come together mm -hmm. for severe weather to happen. Um, um, one of the big ones being moisture, and we get a big uh, thing of moisture that comes up from the Gulf of Mexico in the springtime, and then also a little little patch that comes up in the fall. So. Okay. That kind of has kind of there's a lot more reasons behind it, um, but those are kind of the peak times. And so that's that's kind of why Oklahoma and our region is yeah. such a hot spot. The way I've always like the easiest way I could explain it, and uh, the way I was taught, uh, is basically you got three main features, well, weather features that occur right in the Great Plains area. You get like he was talking about that Gulf moisture. When we go to spring, we kind of move to a more of a low levels, kind of a slowly flow. So that brings in the moisture out of uh, New Mexico, kind of West Texas area, you get like the dry line set up, which is like that separation between the moisture and the dry air mm -hmm. comes out of the Southwest. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get like a trigger with the front coming out of the Rockies, which brings cold, dry air. So all that air basically is causing a lot of instability. And there's a lot of other things that occur in the atmosphere with shear, with the low levels and the upper levels that call it, cause kind of like a roll and rotation with the storms. So that's, we're just like in the prime setup in this part of the world, like doesn't happen like that. I mean, like you were saying that ha you can get tornadoes in every state, but here is just a prime setup for, for tornadoes to occur. So everyone in Oklahoma should probably rec move. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Oklahoma, Texas, yeah. Canada, you know, pretty much the, the Great Plains. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing is the Southeast gets the season first. So mm -hmm. you saw already this year mm -hmm. that Southeast has had a, several mm -hmm. tornadoes. Um, so being in central U.S., you can kind of look to the southeast, and when their season starts up, you know that it's about to shift west and come to us. So that's it, just about every year. That's a good indicator. Okay. Does that indicate, hey, this season may be a bad one from, from that, or is it just kind of hard to tell? <laughs> <laughs> Predicting yeah. how bad each season's going to be is, I mean, it's, it's a 50-50 shot. So um, we'll tell you afterward. <laughs> it shows that there are ingredients um, like moisture. I mean, the, the moisture comes up to the southeast first, so that shows you that, yes, the Gulf is producing a lot of moisture and sending it up this way. So it, it does show a few indicators that way, but yeah. it takes a lot of things to make a storm happen and to say that there's going to be a lot or little for each season, it, it's truly hard to do right. at this point in time with, with our forecast tools. Mm -hmm. There's, there's some studies that even talk about like the, the temperature of the waters in the Gulf and the mm -hmm. Pacific and whether you're El Nino or La Nina 
and all of that weighs into like you know if we're getting a lot of moisture flow this year last year was more wildfires they had than they actually had tornadoes but it's just kind of a i guess a cycle and that's where they're trying to you know i've even read some studies they're, they're thinking the tor tornado alleys expanding so mm -hmm. that's another <laughs> but it's all right now it's just science you know there's always a theory yeah. you just gotta you gotta take that data and see <laughs> there's another <laughs> theory that the tornado alley is shifting east because the arid line is notably shifting east yeah. so right now the arid line's pretty much western oklahoma mm -hmm. and and you're starting to see that that arid line go east and therefore mm -hmm. with that moisture moves east and that kind of thing so yeah there's so maybe in a couple decades that uh, oklahoma will just be out of it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put it into the ocean. Well, maybe not. That might not be good. Last year, the tornado season, we had uh, zero deaths, and that's the first time since 2006 that Oklahoma's experienced that. So. Wow. Every season? Is that kind of how Just, just about every season wow. somebody has lost their lives uh, due to the weather in Oklahoma. And last year was the first year they did not. Okay. Um, and hopefully that's due to taking the right precautions and and things like that, which we'll, you know, we'll dive into. So, um, so let's talk preparation. Um, <clears throat> what are some key considerations that people need to take that should be planned, <clears throat> excuse me, planned beforehand in case of a tornado emergency? Uh, well, the first thing is, is to have a plan, uh, uh, either at work, your office should have a plan, your schools, uh, uh, even at home, you should have a, a plan of what, what you're going to do in case of a tornado or severe weather happens. Uh, and then your preparation. You have uh, your survival kit, your uh, tornado kit, what papers you need, uh, food, water, uh, shelter. And then also have a plan afterwards of, of what's going to happen after the storm is over with. Where you're going to meet, do you have a designated place? How are you going to notify all your relatives or they notify you? So having a good plan is the, is the best start. Okay. And you, you talked about um, a work plan, a family plan, an individual plan. Um, as far as drills go, do you think it's important for them to practice those at schools? I remember, you know, we would have a tornado drill all the time and have to go into the hallway and put the books over our head, which I don't think they do now. They may. I don't know. But um, do you think it's important for families oh, in the oh, workplace yeah. okay uh, even in the workplace they should have a, a drill uh, employees need to know where they need to go uh, also not every place has a good safe area to go to uh, you may be at the center of your office complex in the building uh, but you need to make sure that that's a good structural sound place to go to because uh, we don't want to put people in one spot and have a catastrophe that the wall comes in or the ceiling mm -hmm. falls on top of them so uh, you need to evaluate that and look at your plan, but it does need to be rehearsed even at the workplace. Okay. Um, so w as far as our homes, what is the, what practices and w what do we need to do to best prepare our homes uh, for tornado season? Well, I, I know being fairly new here in Oklahoma, I've read some safety plans like you are saying, have a plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing a lot of people might forget is uh, when you get your go bag, which a lot of people, you know, something that you can take the shelter right away, like medications, some people, because you might be stuck there or you might not have a house when you get back out. You might need, you know, heart pills or something like that. And, you know, that's a little bit late. You know, you might not even be able to get to a pharmacy or something at that point. So that was medications is a big thing. 
you know, just those things that you never, you might not think about that you might <laughs> need just to survive. Well, one thing is, is make sure you have water. Uh, if you have a shelter inside your home, a basement or a cellar, uh, you need to have plenty of water and always prepare to have at least three days worth of rations, your water and your food. So uh, a person normally averages a, a gallon of water a day. So uh, if you figure three days and you've got four people in the house, it's, it's quite a bit of water that you need to store in your cellar. Uh, same way with some of your important papers, mm -hmm. your documents in your house. If you don't have those in a safety deposit box, they're in your home, you could lose those. So those are something you may need to have as part of your, uh, in your kit to go to the, your basement or your safe place. And one thing is to just stay aware of the weather. So we usually know a day, two days out that, you know, the Storm Prediction Center will put out uh, these these products that'll say, okay, we think that there's going to be some severe weather here, slight, moderate, high, you've heard those, those risk levels. So you usually know a day or two out, that's the perfect time to start thinking about all these planning and, and getting these documents together, getting the water in your shelter and those kinds of things. And then the biggest thing is for people to just stay aware on the day of the weather, check in four or five times that day to see what's going on. So look for, you know, watches come out first. When a watch comes in, then you need to really be aware of what's going on and, and, and don't wait for that warning to happen. Already be ready to go when the watch comes out because the watch is going to come out way earlier than any tornado mm -hmm. or severe thunderstorm warning. So okay. it's just check in. It's the people that get caught up in this. Um, you know, they may have had a plan, but they weren't being weather aware on the day of the severe weather. And something potentially catastrophic could happen. Right. Okay. Uh, and also okay. you need to re rehearse your plan. Uh, mm -hmm. Once you rehearse it, take your inventory of your items that you have. Make sure you have plenty of batteries, uh, cell phones, uh, chargers. You can charge your cell phone up because your cell phone's not going to last three days in a, in a storm shelter. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but you need to take inventory, making sure that they're, they're charged and they're good. They're not out of date. And I would, I would say even like if you have your family, kind of family plan, uh, have a place like if, if you can't get in touch with each other, you know, have a spot that you can meet up if you know something has happened, you know, okay. rather than be, you know, lost. <laughs> One of the things I heard uh, the other day on the news because they were talking tornado safety was registering your cellar if you do have one. Um, and we can link in the show notes where you can go to do that. But I thought that was, I'd never thought of doing that, you yeah. know. Um, but I think it's very important because if you have, I mean, I guess the concept of that is houses on top, they can know exactly where your cellar is so they can come and get you. I live in Yukon and they just came out because I just had a shelter put in. They actually come out and GPS market with the house. So, and that's part of the registration. So I don't know if a lot of cities do that, but okay. I thought that was pretty. Is that a Yukon a city thing or city just? City by city, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's usually the fire departments or uh, they a lot said of their actual city the people, city, they yeah. came out and yeah, so. they just marked in. They said, okay, we'll register it and you're good to go. That's good. Definitely check, check into that, whatever city you're in. Cause and if they don't, you can physically go online somewhere mm -hmm. and register where it's at, I guess. Okay. Yeah, ours is, uh, when I had ours put in our mm -hmm. garage, uh, they came out and marked it, GPSed it, and uh, registered it with the fire department. So they know it's there. Because... Mm -hmm. If a tornado hits your house and everything's on top of it, nobody knows that there's a cellar inside your garage. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so let's talk cellars. Uh, there was a, a very um, terrible, it was, uh, I think, it, I can't remember the year, 2015. Um, 
a woman lost her life and it was an outdoor shelter uh, it, and it was a flash flood incident. So let's, let's kind of dive, I know that wasn't in the pre-questions, but let's dive into that on what are some ways people can avoid that? Because that's something you wouldn't think about. Like yeah. you've got massive dumps of rain, so. Yeah, flash flooding kills more people than tornadoes. Um, for instance, May 31st, we had the largest ever El Reno tornado, two and a half miles wide, broke all the records, huge historic proportions. Mm -hmm. Eight people died in the tornado, but 13 died in flash flooding. And a lot of that was due to taking shelter uh, because when that tornado looked like it was going to move into Oklahoma City, it was a get underground or you won't survive type moment. Well, then that storm just dumped tons and tons of rain and people got caught up in culverts and things like that. So again, if you have a plan, you're not trying to last minute go and jump into a culvert. Uh, but yeah, if you've, you've got a storm shelter and you're kind of in a floodplain, you need to really analyze that and, and think about that because uh, you need to you know, most of the outdoor storm shelters, they, they build them up a little bit. There's some, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not just sitting right down on the ground for that very reason. But if if you know that your uh, yard or, or house is prone to flooding, that needs to be something definitely prepared for right. w when you're putting in your storm shelter. And something I was told I didn't think of when until they came out to put my shelter in the garage, kind of get the idea where the water flows. Because the guy that was putting it in, he said, you don't, might not think about it, but like if, let's say, your water heater gets wiped out mm -hmm. and there's a water, you know, you got a water main there, that water can flow into your, you know, garage, shelter, not even thinking about it. And that could be a, if you can't get out of there, you know, that could be an issue. Might even want, I mean, I thought about putting like a pump or something in there so I could just, in yeah. case water does start, you know, <laughs> so I wouldn't even have thought of that. Yeah, the pump thing is interesting because, I mean, what what that would be just a, terrible incident a tornado and your cellar is flooding so yeah. is it a is it what do you do if you're there like what i mean is am i going to drown or am i going to get out of here so that i don't and but risk a tornado striking where i'm at um so what would be and there may not be a great answer i don't know the pump thing i think is a great um, some shelters have jacks in them or you can somehow if you get something happen land on top of it uh, I, so I have a 5,000 pound come along in mind that I'm able to pull the door open mm -hmm. or able to uh, move objects off the top of the door okay. so uh, you can get out. So Okay. So recommend people looking into those. I imagine it's an investment, but saving a life is worth it. Oh, yes. So, okay. um, so what about homes? Uh, just protecting our homes in general. I mean, sometimes it's just, you know, uh, are there things around your home, like in your, on your patio or things like that to kind of protect your stuff? What, what would you recommend? I mean, on a current home, there's not a lot you can do. Um, the newer building codes are starting, they're starting to do things like reinforcing the walls and, and doing some extra building things. Um, in a, you, you always got to be mindful <coughs> of, um, if you have like sharp objects or something out in the yard or or things I mean when when even just high winds or a tornado comes around it's not the air that kills you it's the things that are in the air so mm. I mean if anything you can do there uh, there's not a lot you can really do to mitigate that so I mean the best thing to do is to find that place in your home that is a small room best as you can center part of the house it's got some good walls that will reinforce you mm -hmm. to protect you from all the flying debris 
Um, but there's no saving your home. You know, there used to be a myth that open up all the windows because there was pressure gradient that would your house would explode with the pressure and if you did that it was, it's just a myth there's okay. nothing so that proves any of that you don't so have to don't waste your, your time okay. cracking your windows <laughs> okay. when you need to be getting to shelter okay um the bigger thing is talking about you know t <clears throat> tornado safety is get to the center part of your house find a helmet if, if you don't have a, a shelter obviously um, find helmet um, anything to cover your head your neck um, those kinds of things, um, especially for children, or, you know, have a bicycle helmet or, around yeah. at all times during during storm season, um, and just try to do everything you can to keep yourself from as low as you can go, um, as center part of your house as you can go, to, to, to protect yourself from all the debris that's flying around. That's okay. So we, we talked a lot about key supplies, and again in the show notes, we can list a ton of different supplies in that so that people can take a look at what they should do. So let's bridge over to um, vehicles. Not, we're not always going to be at home. We're not always going to be at work. We may be on the road. Um, if severe weather does strike when we're in that situation, what should we have in our vehicles uh, supply-wise when we're on the go? You should always keep a first aid kit in your car. Okay. Uh, there's other things, blankets and stuff that could, could help you. Uh, but far as uh, stuff in the vehicle for a tornado uh, that may be you know up to an individual what they would like to have and uh, take with them but uh, definitely a first aid kit and uh, probably some blankets phone chargers keep your phone charged at all time while you're in the vehicle uh, so okay. you can do things like uh, make sure your windshield wipers are good use products like rain -X. Uh, to help you because if you do get caught in a situation really heavy downpour rain um, and you're trying to get out and get out of that you, you need as best you can see as mm -hmm. possible so uh, just little things like that are keeping your car maintained uh, just to make sure that you don't break down somewhere where you don't want to be broken down okay i'd say even like i keep a fire extinguisher in my car you never know if you might come across somebody that might be in need of that or you know just something along those but it's definitely, like I know with cars, I've always been told with, with tornadoes, you might want to be away from, you know, it's one of those things, but right. but I guess if you're trying to get away from wherever it's going, then. A car is the worst place to be when a tornado strikes. <laughs> so you would rather be in your house, even if you don't have a storm shelter, than to get in your car and try to drive. And okay. there's been several instances where they would say, uh, on TV, if you're not underground, you won't survive this. So people jump in their car and they start driving. Highways get <laughs> log jammed. Mm -hmm. you, you're, they were sitting, you know, May 31st, for example, there were 500 people. Uh, uh, a major highway and both <laughs> both lanes are going the same way. People trying to drive south and they were all just sitting ducks. And if that thing had kept going the way it was going, it would have been a very, very bad situation. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the worst thing to do is to get in your car if, if you don't feel safe in your house, you need to make sure that you drive somewhere else long before a warning comes out. So like yeah. I was talking about earlier, when the watch comes out and you say, I don't really, this isn't a place to be. For example, if you live in a mobile home, a mobile home is just like sitting in a car. You're sitting so far off the ground that your chances of survival are pretty slim. Mm -hmm. So if there's not a storm shelter nearby, uh, then yeah, maybe that's time to, let's just go drive somewhere where there's not weather event today. Yeah. Um, but, but you want to do that long before a warning comes out or somebody on TV starts telling you to, to get underground. Right. Leave now. It's on, it's on the ground. 
don't do that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the worst time to then jump in my car and, and go somewhere. Definitely. Okay. And if, if you, you are okay. Uh, so if you do get caught in your car on the highway and there's a tornado, uh, they'll tell you to leave your car, get to a depression area, a ditch, and and cover up uh, as much as possible. But again, you have to to really watch for the the water and the flooding mm -hmm. in those type of areas. Okay. So another thing with that do not stop under the overpasses do not take shelter under the overpasses the overpasses create a wind tunnel and the tornado will suck you right out of there um, and then a lot of people will stop underneath we had this situation just a few weeks ago they'll stop underneath an overpass well then everybody else on a highway uh, is sitting duck so even just a you know a hailstorm everybody else is now now stuck there um, so you do not you, you can do not stop underneath an yeah. overpass it is that one caused some wrecks too yes. right because people yeah. were i saw the images from the news and they were putting out that same warning hey don't do not do this and it was you could see the vehicles all the way to the edge of the overpass just bleeding into the into the road of just a line of cars well if you're hauling you know 70 miles an hour down interstate and heavy rain and all of a sudden you come up on an overpass that could be very bad so um and we'll, we'll get we'll get into that um i wanted to talk pets i'm a huge dog fan i love them I don't like cats no offense to cat people but um just for supplies and then we'll dip into the what not to do pretty much um what what are some things that you should do to um protect your pets um this hit me the other yesterday they were talking about you know make sure you have food for your pets and if you're not going to be home you know make sure they're in a sturdy crate in the cellar or in the cellar if you have one um things like that so what are some things that you would recommend because i don't know how many pets in the even the 2013 tornado were just everywhere uh, and didn't know what to do and they were terrified so yeah. what's something we can do well I'm, i know my the plant i got my mom lives pretty close to my other house uh or my house and uh like if something happens that that's where the shelter is so she can she's planning to just go there my dog's you know there so she'll just put him in the crate that he has and take her take him down into the shelter so that's the plan i got so I don't know how many if people have numerous pets, they might have to get numerous, you know, right. <laughs> those and crates. It goes back to like the planning thing. If, if a watch comes out and you know your pet is alone at home, it might be a good time to... Maybe a neighbor that mm -hmm. you can trust and that they can go in there and get your pet, you know. Okay, yeah. Another thing, too, is um, if your pet does, something happens, you can't get your pet to the shelter, um, and, you know, your pet gets lost, like, in the, the May 20th tornado, mm -hmm. Make sure they have a collar with the mm -hmm. tags, got all your information, or even use one of the like chipping services mm -hmm. that uh, that way, when they do get an inflow of all these pets, they can easily find the owners. Is there anything in particular for for you two on what your office does um, prior to a tornado in preparing um, in your specific roles? The safety office would have a big piece in that and then as a weather technician you'd have a big piece in that so w what are some things we'll start with you on uh, for if we're expecting severe weather uh, a lot of weather models go we can start getting a good resolution 72 hours out but we also have a special weather statement that we prep and that goes out to leadership and also we send it here at JFHQ so they can start thinking that but uh, the special weather statement basically it covers that 72 hours and it can just at least start getting that process of thinking, hey, what, what are we gonna do? You know, 
because I with the weather models now a lot of times we're not really surprised when mm -hmm. the setup happens so much as you know as people just taking it serious you know so that way they can at least get that protocol set up uh, in the safety office we monitor the weather all the time uh, along with the uh, operations at the headquarters here at the military department uh, we share information back and forth but also we monitor um, what the situation is across the state. Do individuals need to leave? There's certain counties that's going to be affected, and we monitor those and send out uh, messages. Hey, if, if you need to leave, leave, go secure in plenty enough time so they can get to their location where they need to go in a safe manner. Uh, we do also have safety messages. Matter of fact, April is a, a severe weather month, and uh, we send out a safety message for it of the do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Uh, but again, we, uh, when it comes to this type of weather, we monitor it uh, through the TV and also the phone apps. Everybody in the office has a phone app with the weather on it mm -hmm. that gives them the alerts. So, so uh, employers, what advice would you have? Because there's some employers who are like, well, we really need you here. And I realize, but if you, you live an hour away, you're commuting. What advice would you have for employers who, hey, there's bad weather coming in? Never let your employee leave in a bad situation. Uh, make sure they have a plan that if what's going to happen that day, the weather's bad. Uh, if they need to leave, what time do they need to leave? But uh, but never keep an employee there that's that's worried about their home or their other uh, family members. Uh, but just make sure that they're safe. So if they do, let them go or leave. Just make sure it's in a timely manner. They don't leave in the middle of the storm. So. Uh, that's the hard part of a, of a, a boss or a supervisor mm -hmm. to say, nope, I'm not going to let you leave right now. So get on the phone, contact your, uh, your family members, mm -hmm. and, and make other plans. But, uh, but do give them enough time. If, they, if employees need to leave, make sure that you give them enough time to leave so they can get to wherever they need to go. Okay, perfect. Um, so what should our guardsmen do to prepare uh, for both tornado season and when one is in coming uh, well the uh, guardsmen this is this is their job uh, this is one reason they joined the guard uh, not only to serve their country but also to serve their state and and to assist their neighbors so um, if uh, this type of season they need to prepare have a bag ready have their stuff packed um, by stuff you mean their military their gear. military gear uh, whatever they need, uh, have a separate bag always ready to go during this time of year, uh, have their phone rosters ready, who they need to contact in case they get called for an alert, uh, contact their leadership, their chain of command, and someone with their soldiers that they're uh, responsible for, they need to have their information so they can contact them. And uh, always inform your command of, of your status, your situation. Okay. So is there um, the idea that be be prepared but don't take it upon yourself if one did strike to self-deploy uh, correct that. yeah uh, again you know that's what a what a guardsman does he wants to go out and help these neighbors uh but what they should do is is notify their command uh let them know the situation a lot of times even our own soldiers uh their home is is destroyed uh, they're in a bad situation, so they can't go to the unit. So they're in the middle of, of taking care of their family. 
that's understandable but they still need to notify their command to let them know their situation um, even if they're not activated still let their command know that this is where I'm at and I'll be standing by the phone mm -hmm. don't go self and deploy and start helping because if you do get a phone call now you're in the middle of something so you're in the middle of uh, assisting somebody and you just can't leave because they're depending on you especially if you're in uniform mm -hmm. so they don't want you to leave they, they look for you as guidance so uh, again I would just say stand fast notify your command and uh, wait for your orders and now for a quick commercial break hello OK Guard family Staff Sergeant Brian Schroeder here guess what's right around the corner that's right April 22nd is Earth Day Without getting all kumbaya, we would like to remind our listeners about this podcast's favorite Army regulation, AR-200-1, Environmental Protection and Enhancement. This fine piece of Army doctrine outlines policies for preserving, protecting, conserving, and restoring the quality of the environment during all military operations. That means our domestic enemy could be the individual pouring engine oil or fuel on the ground because there's not a convenient place nearby to get rid of it. It is the responsibility of all service members, from the Secretary of the Army down to the slick-sleeved soldiers and airmen of the Oklahoma National Guard to preserve natural and cultural resources, comply with local, state, and federal environmental regulations, and of course, unit SOPs. Captain Planet is not my company commander, but integrity is one of my core values. When I see one of my fellow soldiers leaving trash out in the field, it's my and everybody else's responsibility to say something. It is our country that we signed up to protect. That includes doing our part to protect the environment from all enemies, foreign and domestic, too. And now, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. So you talked about the uh, biggest mistake people can do when they're in their vehicles, which is going under, first of all, getting into their car in general and going into an, under an overpass. So what should people do if they are in a car, they're maybe they weren't staying weather aware, all of a sudden there's chaos happening and maybe they see the tornado or they decide to turn on the radio, it's getting pretty dark outside and something is on the way to where they are. What should they do? So, as a storm tracker, we always have uh, an escape route. So if you are staying weather aware and you do get caught up in something, always know what your roads are and what your escape route is. If it is a clear road and you know, okay, I can drive south to escape this, then then yes, get out of there. Don't just get out of your car and, and be a sitting duck. You know, Find that escape route. If you get caught in a situation where you weren't staying aware and now you absolutely, you see it's, it's heading to you, you have no way to escape, then getting out of your car and finding a low-lying ditch is a, a safer way to, you, get, you have a better chance of surviving that. Do not go up underneath an overpass. You're, going in straight into a wind tunnel, you're coming off the ground. You want to get as low as you possibly can. Um, and then always keep in mind, you know, we talked about flash flooding. So if you're going to a ditch and it's got water in it already, you'd be mindful of those things. Um, if you are in a situation where you see the tornado, um, roads are clear, give it five, six seconds to just sit and watch the tornado. If you can see the tornado move to your left or right, then it's likely not going to hit you. If you see the tornado is not moving to the left or right, but it's growing a little bit, then it is coming right for you. Um, something I do as a storm tracker is I watch a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of people that post videos of a, of a tornado coming right at them, 
you can watch some videos beforehand and see what that looks like so that if you ever get caught up in that situation yeah. then you know how you know you know what that looks like so people on their something you can do just yeah blah, there's blah, there's blah. there are lots of videos <laughs> <laughs> showing a tornado growing wider yeah. wider wider um, Great for video, but not for safety, probably. Right. So you want, you want to see what that looks like on video before yeah. you see it in real life. Uh, so if you do see it going to the right, uh, which you can drive south, if you see it going to the left and you can drive, drive north, that's usually, in, in Oklahoma anyways, that's mm -hmm. usually a, a, a good, good advice there. Um, but I mean, it all depends on the road structures and, and all that stuff. Keep in mind that um, there's always a... Uh, large rain core, hail core is always, I shouldn't say always, it's usually in front of the tornado. So if you're caught in a thunderstorm uh, that you do know is you get a tornado warning and you know, okay, that is on this storm I'm on and I'm right in the middle of the core and so I can't see anything because it's just rain and, and hail and lots of junk, um, that's, the, the core comes first and then the tornado comes after. So, um, I mean, it, each situation is different, but that's the point where you need to really try to figure out, okay, where is the, where was the front of the storm? Do I need to turn around, go back mm -hmm. the other way, or keep driving where I'm at's the, the better route? Usually turning around and, and driving as fast as you can back the other way is usually the case, but it just depends. Most storms in Oklahoma are traveling northeast, east, uh, southeast. Mm -hmm. We never have any west moving storms, hardly ever. So. Um, the, the north-south roads are, are usually the way to go. Okay. Let's say all electronics just go down to include the ability to use your phone. What are some signs for, because I remember when I was little, they said when it gets really still, all of a sudden it's windy and it gets really still, That's and I don't know if that's true. And that's, ha that's happened before when it's just been super windy and all of a sudden just calm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, God, I'm about to get hit by a tornado. Is that true? What are some signs people oh, should look for if there, they don't know? There are a lot of spots in a thunderstorm, whether they're tornadic or not, mm -hmm. that will have some wind and then it will be calm. Um, and not every time, uh, not every time there's a tornado will there be a calm before. Mm -hmm. uh, that can be true, but that's not always true. Okay. So. Uh, so don't hold on that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's it's now, not calm at all. So no tornado. Yeah. <laughs> now most of the time you have the rain core first. Mm -hmm you do have a little bit of a clearing and then you get into the what they call a mesocyclone where the tornado would be at um, so that I think that would hold true most of the time but not always um, and it depends on how large that mesocyclone can be uh, it can be spitting out some winds on its own it becomes its own little uh, weather system mm -hmm. um, so and I mean each one is its own living breathing entity and I've seen a lot of them, but they're all different. Um, so yeah. you, you can't trust. You can't just wait for the calm or, or anything like that. But it, it's always just about being prepared, having a plan. And once you get into that first situation, let's just go ahead and be safe, be cautious, mm -hmm. better safe than sorry mentality. Mm -hmm. and hop in the shelter. Go ahead and hop in the shelter. The yeah. Safe, safest room. Yeah. Even if, I mean, I've gotten my shelter when there was a storm. 10 miles away and I knew no no way that this thing's going to turn south and come toward me, I'm going to go ahead and hop in here because I've got several dogs and, and <laughs> it takes a while to get them down. Sure. So let's go ahead and do that. So yeah. you just hang out in the shelter for a little while and when it's over, maybe come back out. Yeah, maybe. Depending on how <laughs> Noah's being. 
Um, for your role during during a tornado, are you continuously monitoring and reporting? There's a point like that where we have to actually shelter ourselves, but we'll monitor mm -hmm. as much as we can until we see that it's actually going to be a threat to us. Then, okay. then we'll pull away and and go to where we need to, even if it's a backup or whatever. But but then we'll just have to shelter and wait till you know it's for our own safety. So let's talk about after a tornado. I think we've touched really, unless there's something else you want to add on, on prior to and during that you think is key, we can absolutely talk about that. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that happens after a tornado. So what should people do immediately after one strikes their home or maybe nearby? I would say take an assessment, uh, any damage of the house and stuff. Uh, if you're a guardsman, uh, pick up the phone and, and notify your, uh, your leadership. Mm -hmm and uh, see what the situation is at the emergency management level. Uh, if the National Guard's being activated, uh, monitor the TV, see what the damage is with the path of the storm. But uh, just do an all-around assessment of, of your family, your loved ones, uh, your neighborhood, and, uh, and again, uh, monitor the TV, see where it's going, what's coming in behind it. Yeah, kind of that whole rule of like you got to make sure that you're well before you can help others. Mm -hmm. That's always remember. Okay. <laughs> and with that, there's a lot of adrenaline that that runs through your body whenever you've just experienced something like a tornado destroying mm -hmm. your house and and everything. You could have some injuries that you don't even know about. You could be bleeding um, somewhere and you don't even realize it mm -hmm. because you're still in that adrenaline mode. So you want to really check yourself over and and your family members over if you've just gotten out of, of that and make sure that there's no trauma um, and, and see if you do need emergency help because there's I've, I've seen it firsthand where where people have some uh, emergency needs and they don't even realize it because they're too worried about how much stuff they still have left or everything so focus on yourself first before really trying to figure out the whole situation okay you, you talk about seeing it firsthand. So you are also um, an Oklahoma Army National Guardsman, Staff Sergeant, and um, you worked worked at that time for the Public Affairs Office with the Oklahoma National Guard. And I know you were one of the first people on the ground um, getting capturing footage of what it was that was going on um, to feed to, to news so we can inform our, our state, the nation, the world. Um, what what were some things that what was that experience like being being there after seeing something so huge go through the city of Moore? Um, that was just a, a really bad night for a lot of people. Uh, the thing that st stands out in my mind of that night was I I interviewed somebody and he said that he just got back from a deployment and this looked like a war zone and that's the best way to describe the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, he said this was worse than the war zone that I had just been in. Uh, I mean everything was just completely tore up. That that tornado just left a path of absolute destruction. Houses were gone. There were houses that all that was left was a slab. Mm -hmm. uh, there were uh, and then it, you walk around and you see the weirdest things like one wall standing up and their picture still hanging on the wall and you're like how does the yeah. <laughs> how does that happen but it, everything else is gone um, and it is just I mean it was mass chaos there for a while mm -hmm. and uh, we were at Plaza Towers uh, uh, all the children there that 
many that lost their lives and, and we were securing that area and, and watching uh, the firefighters and, and EMTs, they were doing an amazing job getting everybody out and they, I mean, that thing was just a pile of rubble and they were doing all that they could to, to get down to them and they saved a lot of lives that night and I mean, just watching them work was amazing to, to see all of that. Everybody, Oklahoma, we're definitely a community and we all come together in the worst of times and you saw it firsthand. So you're one hand, you're seeing this terrible thing, but then you're also seeing humanity come together. Mm -hmm. So it's just this weird, bittersweet moment. Yeah. Our motto of Oklahoma strong and yeah. So you mentioned that you, you had actual, uh, you had family that lost their home. So let's Yes, I had uh, uh, two brothers mm -hmm. uh, and a nephew that lost their home. Uh, my son's house was even damaged, uh, and he was six blocks away. But um, my, both my brother's homes was, was totally gone. My nephew's house was completely gone. Uh, and uh, and they were, uh, my nephew and one of my brothers was still actively in the guard. So um, they were also called out mm -hmm. at the same time, and still they were still devastated with their uh, their own homes. So uh, it is a, a community-based state. Uh, everybody comes together and, and helps. So uh, that was one of the, uh, the, the good things that his neighbors, family members, and, and all came and, and helped them to get, put their stuff back together mm -hmm. as, as best they could, what they could find. But uh, again, their, their houses was totally, totally gone. So how important, after seeing that, firsthand and I you weren't in Oklahoma yet during the May 20th 2013 tornado which is the one that they're talking about which was the most recent most devastating storm that we've had we've had several through Oklahoma mm -hmm. the one May 3rd 1999 that also hit the city of Moore uh, to include um, started in Newcastle that one I mean there were a lot of small towns a lot of areas affected around the city of Moore uh, but that's a that's a big town, and that that ripped through and just devastated a lot of people's uh, lives, and put a lot of people's lives on hold for months and months because of having to rebuild and, and things like that. What what I found was, and I used to I used to live in Moore. Um, what I found amazing, you talk about the community thing, was that how quickly that community built back up how quickly people were like, no, I, I love this town, I love this state, I'm, I'm staying here, I'm building back where I was, this is where I live, this is where my heart is. And I, I thought, just as a someone who's born and raised in Oklahoma, how just impactful that was for me, even though I already knew Oklahomans were that way, you know, seeing it, it was just a pretty amazing, so. I think um, that was a, a big reason why I decided to move to Oklahoma. Really? <laughs> I saw just the, I mean, I haven't seen that part of it yet, I mean, which I'm sure it probably could happen or, you know, but, uh, but yeah, just, I've, I've noticed that about Oklahomans and I was like, I could live here. Yeah. Awesome. That's good to hear. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Sorry about the tornadoes. <laughs> How important is it for people to, to hear these messages and spread that to their families, to their loved ones? It's always important to talk about this because, I mean, I do this all the time and weather's always on my mind, but there was a few things in this session that, oh yeah, I need to do that. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Um, you know, we, if you live in Oklahoma all your life, you know 
what to do to prepare, but let's just open up the discussion before the season starts and uh, get get that you know first thing on your mind so that now okay now I'm gonna go actually put that plan in action I'm gonna run a drill at my house with my family I'm going to get my storm shelter stocked with all the things I need and mm -hmm. and all of that so anytime you can share information ideas and to, to help people or just remind people the uh, what they need to do is always a good thing yeah. so yeah I think if a few people listen to this and it reminds them oh I gotta do that or I gotta get this ready I mean that's that's pretty good yeah. it's part of that whole planning you know mm -hmm. look, look at something that's safety directed and and go for it you know that happened to me this morning talking to my husband I was like oh yeah we're doing the tornado safety podcast today we should probably prep our basement <laughs> because we haven't done it yet we keep talking about it but it's just yeah. things little you know reminders and it's like you have to set a time you have to do it mm -hmm. And you have to prepare your. Got to get the vacuum down there. There's going to be lots of spiders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the first thing my wife. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I've so seen people do that. Yeah. And that was in March. She goes clean out the, yeah. clean out the cellar. Yeah. yeah. Get the shelter all cleaned. Oh yeah. yeah. Change your water out. And so. yeah. Yeah. It's yearly not a good time routine. to find it when you're just like spring cleaning. It is. Okay. Well, is there anything else you would, any of you would like to add that you think is key for our listeners? The biggest thing is stay weather aware. Know what the know the difference between a watch and a warning. So here's usually a few days out, you're going to get an outlook. Uh, Storm Prediction Center sends out uh, slight, enhanced, moderate, high risks. Uh, all the news stations, all the radio stations will start talking about those. So you already know. Okay, I need to start this day on Tuesday. I really need to uh, be weather aware that day. On that day, when you wake up look at that risk, see if it's changed, because a lot of the models don't really get it right till about 24 hours out, some, you know, 12 hours out. Mm -hmm. So that morning, that's you're probably going to have a pretty good indication of what that day is really going to look like. Then you, you stay weather aware and you wait for that watch. There will be either a severe thunderstorm watch or a tornado watch. The Storm Prediction Center also puts those out. Mm -hmm. A watch means that the conditions are favorable for that condition. So tornado watch means that conditions are favorable for a tornado to happen. Doesn't mean there's a tornado on the ground or, or one uh, imminent, but the conditions are favorable. When you see that you're in that watch area and you can, all of the, there's all kinds of different apps that you can download. Um, all those, doesn't matter what entity is, is promoting that app, they all get their data from the Storm Prediction Center for that watch. It all comes from the same place. So no matter which one you use, download one and get it on your phone because uh, everyone's got a cell phone on them, so that's the perfect way to get that info pushed to you. Mm -hmm. uh, once you know that you're in that watch, that's when you really start, you know, tuning in and, and really monitoring. Um, and that's when you start saying, okay, now what is my plan? Do I need to get home for my, my pets? Do I need to pick up my kids from school? Those kinds of things, and, and really start doing that when that watch comes out. Then when the warning happens, you should already be ready to execute that plan. It, when the warning comes out, and you will get that on your, if you have a cell phone, those warnings are now pushed to you whether you want it or not. So that's mm -hmm. amazing, and, and that's helped a lot. Um, but once you get that warning, it is time to execute that plan, and you're already set, ready to go. If you do that, you're going you're gonna to be just fine. My wife asks Alexa, Alexa every morning, what's the weather? Mm -hmm. So before she even gets out of bed, so she's, she's in tune to the weather to this time of year. <laughs> 
you know, I have to tell my mom because she doesn't really watch a lot of news. Mm -hmm. But I say we're in Oklahoma now. You gotta like <laughs> be weather aware. That's a big thing. So I'll, I'll remind her a lot of times if like if there's gonna be a severe day or if you got anybody in your family that doesn't really watch a lot of news, yeah. might wanna you know just at least be somewhere where you can hear the sirens if it's mm -hmm. gonna you know don't be blasting music or something. <laughs> yeah, I've I've uh, well I used to live in Moore, which has you know been hit a few times so my mom would always and she lives in Altus she would always you know text me and call me and say are you watching the weather are you watching the weather which I absolutely appreciate because mm -hmm. sometimes you should turn off Netflix and switch oh, yeah. over to you get tied up in your so, daily routine absolutely. and you don't forget yeah. <laughs> thank you all for coming I think we got a lot of really great stuff from this and it's incredibly important for people to know and honestly you can't know it enough so we definitely thank you for coming on the OK Guard show. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of the OK Guard show about tornado safety. Uh, we hope that you found it to be informative, educational, and that you enjoyed your time with us. Make sure you tune in next month. May 15th will be our third episode uh, covering TRICARE. And that's going to cover from what is TRICARE, what type of things uh, are covered, are you covered, and how to enroll. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our tags there are at OKGuard. Uh, and the hashtag I think you mentioned we use is a, uh, hashtag OKGuard. Um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate the likes and you making your computer go dang. Ding. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for tuning in. The OK Guard Show is produced by the Oklahoma National Guard Public Affairs Office. Any mention of products or brands does not imply endorsement. All guests on the show are volunteers in an effort to inform and educate members of the Oklahoma National Guard, their families, retirees, potential recruits, and the community.